What's going on, people? We are back at it again with the High Bud Tinkers podcast. It is me, Jarrell. And you know, I got my road dog, my partner in crime, Rocky. What's the deal? What's going on, Jarrell? How have you been? I've been good, hanging in there. What's been going good in the uh, cannabis industry? Like, it's you know, been fun and nuts, right? So we're starting yeah, to Yeah, it's increase. a busy weekend. Had a lot going on this past weekend. Yeah. You guys busy? Yeah, dude. I mean, I think... Uh, Life is beautiful, brought in brought in a crowd. So I thought it was fantastic. Plus, I'm located in the downtown Las Vegas area. So very exciting. Uh, speaking of exciting, Jarrell, we have an exciting guest with us today. And honestly, um, I'm hoping that all of our listeners put a good ear on this one because this is going to be something good for you. I'm welcoming Derek Miles. What's going on, my dude? How have you been? Hey, hey. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's really like such an honor. Honestly, like I just found out about you guys. And so I've been binging a bunch of the episodes. I went through like your little catalog and I found some of like my favorite brands and like companies in there. And I was like, oh, like they're like people are excited to talk about their product and like what they're doing and everything. And so you know, to have to be on here and have the opportunity to talk a little bit is I'm super excited. So thank you guys both so much for having me. And it's great because honestly, it, I mean, we do definitely bridge the gap between the brands and the bud tenders so that they get that education. But it's also really good to find out what's going on outside of the dispensary. And because cannabis doesn't end, right? When you leave out of your dispensary, you're smoking. So automatically you have to follow laws in this state um which govern you completely on this smoking aspect and um as we know since it's not federally legal there's it's it's kind of like this (laughs) (laughs) situation that has its fair share of ups and downs so i know that you've been a big part of the cannabis industry how did you get started here um so it's kind of like a weird story honestly so like i was not like a big consumer growing up and everything i was actually kind of like the opposite i don't know if you guys are super familiar with like the straight edge movement or anything like that if it's really big in vegas or anything but i was basically like a hardcore punk kid or whatever and i was really anti-drug anti you know alcohol and all that kind of stuff and i took a really hard and like proud stance of it for a pretty long time and uh it wasn't until i finally let you know took a little partake and uh it saved me honestly from like i my family has a lot of history from alcohol a lot of history with alcohol abuse and uh, i was going down that same road like i woke up in the hospital twice within like six months from like literally just passing out in the fucking street and like you know what i mean having a ambulance have to pick me up and stuff so i was going down a road that was really scary and then that was also right around the time that we legalized medical cannabis and we had uh well i think cannabis has been medically legal for a while correct but then we had yes. uh, the dispensaries that were um that were open finally and so my wife ended up getting a medical card because you know, i think at the time you know it was really hard to actually like get a card or whatever at the time there or even finding like a doctor that would recommend you one right and so we used her medical card to be able to go into the dispensaries and stuff. And I honestly, I, I remember being able to go in with her, like as a visitor and stuff like that. So 
Um, I wanted to get into the industry really, really bad because I had seen firsthand that it helped my wife with her pain and like her father, and then it helped me and like people around me. Um, so I tried really hard, really, really hard to get into Nevada's industry, but I didn't have the background, you know, so that obviously held me back a little bit, you know, and I was in the hospitality industry. I worked for a pretty big hotel here in, uh, well, I live in Carson now, but uh, <clears throat> it was in Reno. And, you know, I did the whole like climbing the ladder thing. And for all that was worth, like I ended up making like $15 an hour was stuck on salary at $15 an hour. Granted, that was like 2016 or whatever. So, I mean, it was good money for me. I was pretty young and everything. So we moved up to Washington, my wife and I, and pretty much the same thing happened again. Like I was trying to get in, I would go to every dispensary in town. I was filling out every application I could. And I just like could not get in anywhere. And eventually I applied to a company and I'm not, I'm going to try my hardest not to like name names. No, that's I'll fine. try not to like keep it too negative or anything like that. Like I want to be positive and everything. But um, uh, I worked for one of the largest producers in Washington. And I was really hesitant at first to get involved because of looking at the like reviews from employees and things like that. And from customers alike and like, I was just essentially like, I want to be here. This is going to be my only in, unfortunately. So I'm going to make the best of what I can. And I think I did do that. You know, I was able to progress in certain ways that I would have never thought capable or like possible of where I was going to go. Cause like, I would love to be a bud tender. I would love to grow or like do whatever, but I'll be happy anywhere in this industry. As long as I'm not just like stuck there doing like that one repetitive task over and over and over again. You know I mean? but, yeah, that's like the one thing, you know, that I don't think that I'm cut out for, unfortunately. But, you know, it's it's a good job and it is important, obviously. So like yeah. it's just a yeah. So we'll get to we'll get to some of that, I guess. But um, yeah, so I moved my way up with that company there and then. It was kind of interesting because when I came back to Nevada this last year, it was like I hit that wall again. And I was like, what? I came back with this experience hoping that, you know, it would get me somewhere. And now I'm kind of back at square one again. Like I literally had to work at Target for a few months. I had to work like at home. I worked other jobs because I could not get back into the industry here. And it was weird too, because of like the agent cards, like that's not a requirement in Washington. So like, there's these barriers in place too, that are like, and like, I'm a white guy, obviously let's like, not, you know what I mean? Like I'm probably the least deserving, even with my background to be here compared to some of the legacy people, you know, and I want to make the best of it. So it's just like kind of difficult to be in like this weird space, especially in Carson city. You know what I mean? we literally have two dispensaries. And I want to say there's maybe like six license holders in our county, like all together. And I couldn't tell you who they all are because the names right. are so strange, like that you don't, it's hard to like figure out who's who. Right. So, <laughs> so that's where I'm at. But I'm bud tending currently right now in Carson City. So, you know, it's been a wild ride. I'm, I've been doing it for about, I just hit my 90 days like two weeks ago or something like that. So uh it's been fun you know what i mean like this is what i wanted to do originally and it's it's fun to actually get to interact with people and to kind of i don't know get to get to have that experience with the actual people that are 
getting the benefit from it at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Because I feel like you kind of miss that a lot when you're on like the production or cultivation side. You know, you keep yeah, that yeah. in like your forefront of your mind, I guess. But, um, but yeah, when you're actually seeing the people that come in and they have like whatever medical issue they have or, you know, they just want to party or whatever, you know, like it's fun. It's nice to, to talk to those people and it's humbling to be like part of this. So, yeah. And I mean, in all honesty, I know that you're in a small place, but you make a big impact, bro, um, with what you, what it is that you do. And I, I, I love that. And I think that um, what I wanted to speak to our listeners about, especially bud tenders, um, your job doesn't end at the dispensary. I, I know that's tough to say out loud because I know we do a lot of hard work, but, you know, um, community advocacy, learning more about how you can be active in your community is important because all of this can go away in mm -hmm. a blink of an eye. It just takes, you know, a president being like, hey, this is not going to happen. You know what I mean? I'm putting the kibosh on all of this situation. So I know that you get super active in cannabis. What made you decide, hey, I need to get move that one, the needle up. I need to be just one step ahead of this uh, situation so I know what's going on. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of tough to say. I think for me personally, I and I know it's not really for everyone necessarily, but I love politics. Like, I don't know necessarily if that's where I'll end up, you know, somewhere way down in the future, you know what I mean? But like, yeah. you know, I have interest in running for like local little boards and things like that and actually effectively being able to change things. Um, but like right now, I think I'm, I just kind of like zoned in on cannabis. I'm like, and it was part of me, my like being able to come to terms with not being in the industry at the time. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to pay attention to like everything that's going on, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to soak in all this knowledge from like marijuana moment. And uh, what are the other ones that I listened to? But, you know, like the, even the newsletters from like the Chamber of Cannabis and everything, like they all give you so much information that you can like go off of and the like the local initiatives, especially too, are like what I'm kind of more focused on is because I don't know, I feel like northern nevada is kind of at is like it's a totally different realm even yeah. reno reno from carson is a different realm from reno to to vegas obviously so um there's a lot of people that are still really scared of cannabis in nevada and it's just kind of like sad because i feel like there there's a lot more that we could do by way of like education to kind of i don't know whether it's going to remedy these folks minds or what but um, yeah. So I guess just being like that voice of reason, wanting to be like that one professional person in the industry, that's like going to stand out, step up and say, you know, this is, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I worked in retail for such a long time and it was so hard to get into this cannabis industry. I talked about this. I don't know if you listened to like some of the first episodes I talked about how hard it was to make my way into this industry, but how passionate I was about being a part of the industry. So it took me a lot to like get myself in the doorway. And I think this segues into the fact that I think bud tenders have opportunities or people who want to become bud tenders 
can make this opportunity greater by educating themselves on what's going on in this industry outside of knowing about the plant, right? Because everybody thinks it's, hey, it's the knowledge of the plant. It's, you know, what's, and yes, that is 80% of what we do, right? But the other 20% is like, how do we keep this medicinal, right? How do we continue to sell cannabis in the United States in legal states, right? So I just think it's like a greater part of understanding what's going on with um, social equity, social justice, and things that surround cannabis that can help bud tenders and other people in that want to be a part of this industry to actually get into the industry because you actually can make um, really good uh, friends, acquaintances, you know, it's all a part of networking. And I think that's super important. And I'm sure Jarrell, you will agree too. Like just Absolutely. getting to know people even furthers your, when you're in the industry, even can further your career more. Yeah. Than even, even, even people that are not in the industry, um, like, you know, just like you, just go, going and speaking in front of politicians and putting your face in front of that, um, that can take you a long way because you don't know who's going to hear you, who's going to listen to you. So just like just doing that and advocating for for the plant uh, puts you in a, a better position for sure. Um, but I was wondering, Derek, is there like one um, issue or problem in the cannabis industry that you're like um, like super passionate about or really, really want to see some change come to it? Oh, man, you, you put me on a, in a tight spot here now. <laughs> um, there, there's like, there's one specific one that I think I'm more focused on. And it's, it's honestly, it's not just a cannabis issue specifically, but because I am part of this industry and because I think that when I joined it, I thought it was going to be so different in certain aspects, you know, uh, just a big thing for me is just like, I don't know, basically just like workers' rights and like all that kind of stuff and base and just basic respect. And I think there's a lot of that that's lacking currently. And we could go into it. Another one of my big issues is just like like you were already saying, like the equity and accessibility and all that kind of stuff. So having Carson City only being able to have two dispensaries, which we now, as in case anybody isn't aware, hadn't seen like the news recently, but we just got the approval for four dispensaries officially uh, recreational. And then they also approved like some other things like uh, drive-through and they finally like codif codified, I don't know how you actually say that word, codified, codified. Uh, <laughs> they codified the uh, curbside because that was just like a temporary like COVID kind of issue where they had to approve that, you know? Um, but yeah, to focus in, I guess a little bit more, that was what I was, the recent meeting that I went to, uh, was the Carson City Board of Supervisors had quite a few meetings, actually. It was like, it started with the Planning Commission. So Qualcan, I think they are down in Vegas, right? They run yes. like state dispensaries. So they have the license for a dispensary here in Carson City. They came forward and they basically were like, okay, we found a spot. We want to do this. You know, they're doing all, all their due diligence and all that. So they went with the planning commission and the planning commission basically had said like, 
this isn't in our purview. You're going to have to go to the board of commissioners first. <laughs> so there's, there was probably like six different meetings. So there was one meeting with the planning commissioners that I didn't know about that I heard about just because it was talked about in the news that they were like, oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. Uh, what I find the most interesting, and I'm going to be really careful not to get myself in trouble here, but the two dispensaries in town kind of had some representatives come out and they basically were like, yeah, we don't want more dispensaries in town. Yeah. And one of these dispensaries that I happen to work for is a member of a nonprofit organization that that's kind of like their whole deal, right? Is they want to include access and, and equitability and all that stuff. So I'm like, how are you a top donor for them? And then you're going to sit there and go, yeah, we don't want more dispensaries in town. In fact, we're going to say sales are down. It's going to hurt our business. We're going to say all these things while community, community members are coming out and force saying, well, we don't want more marijuana in town. We don't want the devil's let, we don't want this. And like people, I, some of the things that people said in those meetings were like, I was like, is this, are we seriously living in like the sixties? Like, yeah. I don't know. It was, it was wild. So like when I showed up to like one of the third or fourth meetings, I submitted a comment, um, like a written comment. And I thought like, Oh, the, like maybe they'll read them out loud or whatever. So I don't know if it ever got it read by anybody. Cause like there was 70 different comments that got submitted written. And then like 20, 40 people that showed up to these meetings in person and mind you, these meetings are usually during the day, like during working hours. So like, who's going to show up to the meetings? The people that aren't, you know, working. Smoking or industry workers. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was just interesting. We did have, uh, I want to shout out Cannabella. I don't know if you guys are super familiar with some of their products, but they Absolutely. actually came out to those meetings and were like, um, and they basically said like, we applied for licenses way back when, and we didn't get them. And that's a bummer. We wish we, we wish that we could, you know, be the ones since we're here local in Carson city, we wish we could be the ones that would have a retail license here, but it, that's not what ended up planning out, but we're still for there being dispensaries, like more dispensaries and stuff. So I definitely wanted to shout them out. And I like started trying more of their products and stuff too, after I heard that. So I was like, and their stuff is really good. I don't know if you've tried oh, it. Oh, yeah. Cannabella makes That's funny in the butter. Yes, especially mm -hmm. their edibles are phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, really so good. a little special shout out to them for sure. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of like my recent focus. Douglas County, which is where I technically live. I don't live in Carson, but my zip code is Carson. It's like complicated. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I technically live in Carson. And Carson just, or I mean, sorry, Douglas. And Douglas just has a outright ban on cannabis business in general like there's no dispensaries there's no cultivate there's nothing in douglas county happening except for a giant 22 acre farm that was found which there's like some interesting details behind that which i was like talking to some people locally and they were like yeah that was actually hemp and like mm -hmm. the police department fucked up and all this stuff and that's why we haven't heard anything about it further in the last year because they like announced it they were like yeah we did this big raid blah 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 fbi like all these organizations like i think it was like 13 different organizations teamed up to shut down this farm and we've heard literally nothing about it i went out there it's on 
this isn't this isn't like part of it, but it's on like a tribal allotment land. And like, I don't know what all the details are behind that or whatever, you know what I mean? But I, I went out there and like, it's, it's a mess, man. Like they shut that down, but like, what else did they do? Now that's like having a negative impact on the environment and all this stuff. And like, I don't know if it's just because there's still an ongoing investigation or what, but like the fact that the county is like so against it and like, it's here. Regardless of whether or not like it was that farm or it's people bring it in. Like I used to get it here. You know what I mean? So I don't know where it's coming from, but it's, and that was before, you know, we had dispensaries or anything like that, but you know, people are going to get it regardless. And I think that those kind of fears are kind of like some of the dumbest ones that get brought up where people are like, the children, like, yeah, we what don't about want the kids? children getting it. You're right. <laughs> we don't want them getting it. But they're gonna, regardless. And we're gonna put barriers in place where, like, we even, like, look in people's cars during curbside to make sure there's no kids in the car. I can't yeah. remember if that's part of, like, the actual, like, requirements or if that's just something that, like, our No, that is actually a requirement okay. here, too, in, mm-hmm. in Vegas. You cannot have anybody under 21 in that mm-hmm. car. And everybody has to get ID'd if there's more than yep. one person in the car, um, which makes complete and total sense. That's just some nonsense. I mean, it, it is all the stigma that people put out in the atmosphere that have a whole chest kitchen, I mean, a bathroom chest full of uh, legal narcotics. You know what I mean? So it's one of those situations where I take a lot of that stuff with a grain of salt. The problem with that is is that you are absolutely right. We've become very handmaid's tail-like in these years. And I mean, looking at the overturning of Roe versus Wade and shit like that, it's just getting really crazy. So I even, the devil's lettuce, I feel like there's still people, and now more so than ever, they're coming out of the woodworks talking about the devil's lettuce. You know what I mean? And it's like, dude, you have no, there is no science to back up what you're saying out loud, but it's kind of ridiculous in a lot of ways. And no, I know like 60 years of propaganda to back them up. Oh <laughs> my gosh, dude, isn't that crazy? Like we started this as a government, as as a people, like this all started in a really bad way. You know what I mean? Way back in prohibition days. And it's just been absolutely apeshit. And it's still to me, wild, wild west like because now you have companies, larger companies and corporations who are like, hey, I mean, in all honesty, who's going to look, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, who's really going to check this situation? And it's, it's really a unique situation that is going on. But I want to piggyback back on what you said about these dispensaries. Um, and I think this happens all the time. And I'm going to make a point of it. The last big, humongous, the biggest, one of the largest raids was in Riverside, California. And they went ham Sammy and closed down a bunch of illegal operations. That happens, I feel, because, you know, there's new dispensaries in the mist. And they're like, no, we can't, we can't have that. You know what I mean? And if it's allotted in a particular state, then it's like, I feel like the pressure comes on from political kind of, uh, how, how would I say this? And I'm thinking about you too as well. How do I say this? Um, 
I believe that there's a lot of political influence in the cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you have enough pull in the cannabis industry, you can make a lot of things happen, you know, by ways of being like, hey, two, two dispensaries are enough. No, not really. Not when you add up how many people are in a, you know, a town or how many people are in that area. No, it's like not. the lack of transportation that's reliable in Carson City. We don't have good transport. Yeah, we don't have like there's the two disp- and they're like in the middle of town for the most part, except for yeah. the one that I work at. It's kind of a little bit more south of, of town. And that was one of the main complaints that a lot of people had. And I think that that's what the dispensaries also had was like, and I brought up this point in like the, and you can kind of see it in the video uh, where like, yeah, I said that that location isn't, isn't the best location for accessibility. You know what I mean? Like there's a whole portion of the Northern corridor corridor of Carson that like, that's where the dispensary should be, but that comes down to the planning department not allowing like certain zoning. So it's like, it's all tied into like different things and it's all so bureaucratic that it's like, it almost feels impossible sometimes to like get any of these changes done. Cause then you have to have, you got to submit something, then you got to go to a meeting and then they push it to somebody else. And it's all just like, so it takes, you got to have tenacity, unfortunately. And like, there's been times where like my wife and I, like I'll be talking to her about stuff and she's like, I'm sorry, but I, I can't anymore tonight. Like I need you to just like, you know what I mean? And like, she loves me. Like, you know what I mean? Like she, she loves hearing about it and she loves seeing how passionate about I am about things, you know? And like, and I get there, you know what I mean? I get like emotional, emotional thinking about, you know, some of this stuff and like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What a wonderful, it's, it's a, what it is is that I feel like we grew up with, especially if you've been smoking forever like me, that it's almost something that unifies, it brings people together, it puts you in a great space. And that part of cannabis is something that needs to be retained. It's almost like the golden egg without the golden egg actually being there. You know what I mean? It's what bonds people, brings people together, opens up conversation, stops stigma. You know what I mean? And on and on and on and on. So I feel like uh, I completely understand where you're at, my dude. I, when I looked at your Instagram and peeps that are listening, please check it out because honestly, you have to be active in your community. Nobody's saying that you have to run the roost, but show up sometimes. That way, like you had said, which is actual facts, more non-cannabis consumers are going to show up to these meetings than cannabis Mm -hmm. consumers. So who do you think the politicians are listening to? Yeah, we got really lucky because honestly, like the way that the vote went for the two more dispensaries, like the, it was like three, two. And I think the mayor ended up being like the deciding vote or whatever. And like, she outright said, like, she's, she's like, well, you guys know my opinion on, on like weed or whatever, but, um, the two other commissioners that basically voted yes or whatever, they were of the opinion. It was more of like business. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like none of them are pro cannabis. It was all business. They were like, well, we're, we shouldn't have authority or whatever to be like limiting business here. If they have the licenses and all that kind of stuff, like they need to follow the process and all that, but we shouldn't like, we're not limiting the amount of bars that we have. We're not limiting the amount of pharmacies that there are or any of that other stuff. So that's where they kind of looked at it. But like, if there had been 
you know, one other person that didn't look at it that way. We could have been having these meetings for another year, you know? Yep. So, uh, yeah, it is, you know, and it's hard to show up to these things. And like, I get that, you know, I am working part-time right now and I don't want to be, I want to work full-time and to, and, you know, not have all this free time on my hands to, but it is nice, you know, to have some of this free time to, to focus in on some of these things that I think are important, you know? So I don't know. It's kind of like a interesting catch 22 because uh, I feel like a lot of these companies are not really practicing what they preach. You know what I mean? And they have like these certain values or like whatever. And I don't know. It's just, it seems very, opposite of what they are actually doing like when i like when it gets down to it i feel like i'm just there sometimes at the end of the day just to get the weed out the door you know yeah. what i mean like i don't get the opportunity a lot of the times and it's it's only with me now being there for so long and having multiple interactions with the same people that come back and come back because of how great our service is like I can't tell you how many times people come in and they're like, yeah, we don't go to the other dispensary in town because of X, Y, and Z. And like, I sometimes had that experience when I went there. So I, that's why I chose to work at the dispensary that I worked at, even though that other one kept on promising me and promising me when I would go in like, oh yeah, we'll have a job for you. We'll have a job for you. So it was just like, you know what I mean? It's just a very strange and uh, environment to be part of when yeah. you like, want to do more but like you just aren't given those opportunities because like this is the first time besides when I like briefly worked at Home Depot that I've had to work uh, part-time in like years and like I was used to in Washington working like 50 hours against my will you know what I mean like it was mandatory we had 10 hours overtime a week so that we could get the product out you know what I mean so so it's just like, it's kind of like a night and day thing. And then you see them making millions and millions of dollars approaching a billion dollars, certain companies, because they have a hundred retail locations all over the country. It's, it's like scary. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I don't want to be super negative scary. and be a downer, right. but like, but even, you know, some, and I'm not, you know, I don't know. I, I worked very briefly at another cannabis facility in, in Northern Nevada. And it was more of like what you would consider like a locally owned, like whatever. And there, it was like a, it was a totally different environment where like, I don't know, there was just like some things that were being said by employees that I wasn't comfortable with. And there was just like things that I was noticing. And then like, I had an, I had an injury that kind of like just prevented me from being able to do any more of that like intensive labor that was like kind of required for that. So I kind of had to step away and that's where I kind of fell into like that weird uh, like limbo area. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to focus in and see what I can do outside of being in the industry. And uh, that kind of plays into some of like the more of the workers rights issues too. Cause I even tried to be a, a union organizer. <laughs> so, I mean, wow. in canvas, yeah, I mean it's oh, happening. Wow. I don't. Yeah, I no, don't it's wanna... listen. It it's happened. California has, if I'm not mistaken, and please, folks from California, bud tenders, if I'm wrong, there are there is a union there, you know. But I know what the struggles are of 
you know, coming into an industry and trying to bring in um, unions. It's, you know, companies. <laughs> Very frowned like. upon. Yes, it's super frowned upon. Yeah. So especially, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, it ain't happening here in Right but, now. Hey, well, that's Derek, yeah, go ahead. What, um, like, I know we talk about it all the time about how um, butt tenders need to be compensated better. But what other rights do you think butt tenders need to be um, be presented in the industry? Well, let's not even like just stop it at butt tenders, though. Right. But I know this is like your your like, main focus as your podcast or whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, no, you talk about everybody. It. Everybody no. like it's it's kind of. I keep on like saying like the same thing. I feel like like where it's just like it's such a weird environment. Like it's so different from because I came up like I came up in Washington in that industry. Like there was a lot of things that I would have liked to see differently at the facility that I worked at. But looking back at it now, boy, do I wish that I had that opportunity still here. Like I had medical, I had dental, I had all that kind of stuff. Granted. I couldn't really afford to use most of it, but like I had those options, you know what I mean? Like I was covered if something happened to me and, you know, they would cater food for us three times a week. They would get us donuts on Monday. They would do this and that. And like, that was all great, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, we all would have, would have just preferred to get paid more. You know what I yeah. mean? Especially because in that part of it, like you're not making the tips that I've seen on like the bud tending side where, it is helpful, but still I'm working part-time. So I'm getting less of those tips because we split them and mm-hmm. then I'm getting like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, uh, it's, it's just a, a labor of different... love, dude. It's yeah. a labor of love because you can make more money as a bartender. Oh, for sure. You, know? uh, you can make more money doing a lot of other things that you don't need an extensive education to learn. And I agree with you 100%. And if anybody asks me, any day, uh, I will tell them every single day that butt tenders need to be paid more money. It's we're not we're not giving somebody a Tom Collins and asking them how does that make you feel and you know <laughs> what I mean. We're not having to do a bunch of different uh, things to learn on our own on our own time on our free time because sometimes that education isn't allotted in certain places. So right, right. And that's something that I wish I could see that. more of is more training in the actual industry. Cause like on, on that back end side where you're, you're participating in like trimming or growing or whatever, like, unless, I, I mean, unless there's some companies that really care and they want you to learn that information, like you said, like that's something that we're doing on our own free time. Like I know the things that I know about terpenes and cannabinoids because I went and I looked it up online and, Sometimes I'm not entirely comfortable just like pulling something from my memory and telling somebody like, yeah, this is how it is and blah, blah, blah. Because like, you know what I mean? Like I still pull oh my gosh, from Google many and all that ever, like we have our yeah. little iPads and stuff, but like, at least that gives me a visual reference where I can go over it with the person like right then and there and we can go, yeah. So look at this study. This study says that this is what this does. And so I can kind of rely on that a little bit. So thank God for the internet, I guess. But (laughs) but that's something I would love to see, you know, is more training and more education beyond just like the kind of trivial stuff that you can find on on like uh, your like companies' websites and stuff like that. But yep, I agree. I agree, my friend. 
Hell yeah. Derek, well, you usually, I see you smoking a joint. Yep, yep, yep. Is that how you usually mostly, consume? Yeah, I'm mostly flower guy. I was like really into concentrates like a couple of years ago, I think when we first like went legal here. I was like, yeah. get something new. And I think that was all like Shatter back in the day and stuff. And I think Shatter's kind of making a little bit of a resurgence. Yeah. You guys really mess with it down in Vegas or not. But like, I still have people consistently come in that are like, yeah, do you have any new Shatter? Like, and we're kind of like, you kind of do like a double ticket for it. Like, you best for Shatter? Okay. Yes. <laughs> are you putting that now in the I, joint? <laughs> now I feel bad because. I've been saying lately, and I want to smack myself for it, but I've been saying that, no bullshit. I just said this last week, that shatter is the butthole of concentrates. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel bad because it's not going away. It's a fucking stain, and people keep bringing it back up, and I'm like, shit, I probably shouldn't have said that about shatter last week. <laughs> no, it's funny, too, because like that city tree shatter, actually, I can't remember which one I got, but I got one recently that was really nice, actually. I like city trees a lot they were one of the reasons why I got involved with the Chamber of Cannabis because Danny actually came by the dispensary on my first day working. I was working reception and like they came in and were like, hey, like we're with City Tree. I can't remember if they were there specifically like for City Trees or Chamber of Cannabis, but like I literally like got to talking with her and we just like, we talked for like 15 minutes and like I was like yeah. checking people in and stuff like that and like, but uh yeah it was really cool so it's cool that like there's a lot of involvement down in vegas and that's something that i am like kind of jealous of and like see that you guys have all these events going on and you have like all this cool stuff that's constantly happening and i'm like why isn't that here in carson and you know what i mean yeah. like <laughs> no, obviously we're true. not the same like i get that you know what i mean like we can't make those comparisons but that's just kind of sad that there's not that same kind of like culture up here even though i know it exists it's just like it's like behind closed doors right now mm -hmm. yeah really yeah, true, yeah. Honestly, like we won't we won't see uh lounges in carson until somebody now has to go and like have a new meeting and say this is why we need lounges because as soon as they passed them carson city said nope nope damn <laughs> yeah damn. <laughs> i believe it we're still, I mean, we said yes, and we're still waiting. Still waiting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw something about, I think, Washoe County. I don't know if they, like, officially approved them or what the, what the deal is with that. But I just saw something about Washoe County approved the consumption lounges, I think. Hell, yeah. I think it's just, I mean, give somebody a place to freaking smoke everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Derek, you fucking killed it, man. Derek is the man. You fucking killed it, brother. <laughs> Before we get you up out of here, though, man, we have to know, man, what you've been smoking on out there. Oh, yeah. Carson City. Uh, so actually, some of some of that, uh, you know, one of my favorites. And if you're on my Instagram, you'll see it for sure. Always is like GLP. And I heard you guys like shout it out so many times. <laughs> and it's kind of funny, you know, because I got this chasing unicorns right now. I don't Ooh. know if you guys saw that. So I was purple. like watching it on their Instagram so and all that stuff. And I was like, oh my God, I have to get my hands on that. So they had like a nice little promo. I ended up picking up like four eights of that. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's so, how yeah, you gotta it do it. Nice. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to try the flower yet. I only had their uh, the baby J's of the Chasing Unicorns. Oh, okay. I didn't know that like the baby J's on those. Yeah, that's cool. I haven't seen like we don't carry a lot of the baby J stuff. And honestly, we we're kind of like I don't know we're slacking on the glp stuff so i push it as hard as i can because i love that that clean green certified 
that's like a big thing in Washington. So like when I came to Nevada and I only saw that there's basically just the two companies and it's GLP. Yep. And, is it Floor? Is that how you actually say Fleur. it? Okay. Fleur. So those are my two favorite companies. I'm constantly smoking on that when I can afford it. You know, they're a little bit, I'm, I'm a bit of a budget shopper sometimes. I'll admit, you know what I mean? But that's partially because, you know, that's just how it goes. It is, it is, it is what it <laughs> and is. Shout out to both of the homies because, man, they're doing really great things. Don't stop what you're doing, man. We really love that. Yeah, what about yeah. you, Gerard? What you been smoking on, brother? Man, I tried some of that, um, the Toad from Tyson 2.0. Yeah, those are selling I like hotcakes, man. Yeah, I liked it, man. Really? They did like a little, yeah. They um, they came back with some heat because it used to be Tyson Ranch, and that was Tyson 2.0. So, mm -hmm. yeah, they came back and did the damn thing. Is it just the toad? Is that what you got, or is it a? That's the one I had. They have um, they have like a desert toad, southern yeah, toad. Yeah. He has southern a sour toad, diesel. Yeah, he has yeah. quite a few. And those blunts, I don't know if you guys have tried the blunts, but everybody's nope. like really talking those ones up too. And that's like, yes. they're like 20, 25 bucks at my store for like the two, two and a half grams or something, right? Yeah. yeah they're the, pretty uh, big. They're beefy. Yeah, the Tyson blunts. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. What you been smoking on, Rocky? Um, most recently, I had to go back to the basics because a lot of things were like slightly underwhelming. Um, and I went back to Mac, man, like GLP, I don't mean to bring my mom again, but it's one of my favorite strains. Right. And I does every time, bro, I'm waiting for it to not be as good because I hadn't had it in such a long time. And just recently I cracked it open. It was still kind of a fresh jar and stuff. And man, kudos to GLP every day to Sunday. I guess we're going to have another one of those things where we're like, hi, butt time you were smoking. Yep. They, they never disappoint. Because I think the Tyson a couple of times now, I think that they picked up that flower. You're you're making me, yeah. after I get off of this uh, podcast, you're making me go and look up some Tyson flower and order it because yeah, try it's it out. time. Try it out. Yes. Awesome. So we thank you folks for listening. Uh, Bud tenders out there, stay the course. We absolutely love what you're doing. Um, believe it or not, whether or not you don't hear it on a daily basis, you are the crux of the industry. You are the reason why, period. I always say that shit. It's why, you, it's why customers come to a particular dispensary is not because it's the particular dispensary's name is, you know, whatever. Uh, it's because you're the bud tender that serviced them and they're coming back to see you. So keep doing what you're doing. Hey, Derek, if anybody wants to find out a little bit more about what you're doing, how can they get in contact with you? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm kind of like trying to get back on social media and stuff like that. Like I used to kind of like keep everything separate and like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Or whatever, yeah. but uh, uh, mostly on Instagram and like Facebook so if you want to find me on Instagram, it's D-R-R-C-K underscore M-L-S, Derek Miles without the vowels. Uh, that's like my main main place where I kind of post stuff and then it like kind of feeds over to Facebook and then I'm on Twitter every once in a while. I think it's the same name too, so. Well, that's now it, Derek, mostly. we're friends, sir. Okay. So you're going to be hearing a lot from me. You guys will be Yeah, if I ever come down to Derek Vegas, wrong. you know, I'm going to try to hit you up. And, and uh, you know, I know I, I talked to the people at Fleur and they said, you know, you're always down to come do a, a tour and all that. So, like, I got some people that I want to come see when I come to Vegas. Me and my wife are planning a trip soon, so. Well, when you do, let me know and I'll get you a couple. If you want to see a couple of other things while you're here, 
in the cannabis industry, please feel free to hit us up. All we right, thank right, you thank folks you. for listening. And I feel the same for you guys out there, butt tenders. If you're coming to Vegas, hit us up. Right, <laughs> butt tenders. Uh, we'll let you know where we're at in our lives because, man, we love you guys. We thank you all for listening. And as always, stay high, butt tenders. Fuck it, make it, I'm sorry. I said I love my city. But I don't think you hear me though. I said I love my city.